In today's episode, we're talking about how you can stop playing small in your business in 2024. Welcome to JFDI with the two Lauras, the podcast for freelance social media managers, where we share our decades of experience to help you build a business that not only makes you a profit and supports your family, but that you actually enjoy working in because otherwise, what's the point? In today's episode, we're talking about how you can stop playing small in 2024. So this time next year, you'll be celebrating a corker of a year. Woohoo! But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Social Media Managers Toolkit. After this episode, you're bound to have a ton of questions and we would love to help answer those for you because there's only so much we can share on a podcast. So we'd love to invite you to come and hang out with us for free in our free Facebook community. It's called the Social Media Managers Hub and it's where all of our best podcast listeners hang out. To join the group, all you need to do is to open Facebook, search for the Social Media Managers Hub or go to the socialmediamanagershub.com pop your email address in there, hit the request to join button and we will let you in so we can continue chatting and answer all your questions. Okay, Laura, let's dive in. Let's go. This podcast, we're going to, we don't want it to be a negative one. We're going to give lots of tips on how we can move into 2024 with a kind of winning attitude, whoop, whoop, and how we can make sure that we kind of make it make as much money or make as much of a success as your of your business that you want to without burnout without it being really stressful without having to deal with dickhead clients <laughs> let's just make it easy we just want it to be easy yeah easy life yeah, yeah. and the reason Laura said is we don't want to make this negative is because we are going to address some mistakes that we're seeing people make right so we're going to lead with a mistake and then we're going to tell you what to do instead yes yes am i right okay let's go mistake number one laura davis stop charging peanuts Mm, yeah (laughs) i have to agree with this (laughs) pricing is it's a tricky one Mm. it's a real tricky one and we see this all the time, don't we? We get screenshots of people and they share, oh my God, have you seen what they're charging? They're charging like 50 quid. How am I going to compete with that? And we will always say, just don't worry about them. Like yeah. look for the people who are charging more than you and be motivated by them. Yeah. Because yes, there are agencies, freelancers out there who are charging peanuts of 50 quid a month or whatever it is. But that doesn't mean you have to. And actually... No. Lots of businesses don't want the cheapest. You don't see Harrods worrying about what Lidl are charging, do you? No, you do not. You do not. So let's not worry about the people who are charging less than us. They're not your competition. Yeah, yeah. Because also the clients they're working with have got hardly any money. Yeah. You don't want to work with those ones. (laughs) Yeah, you want to find yourself your Harrods client yeah they want the best that they can afford Mm. and every business is going to have different budgets and on that i think that there's this misconception that people are always looking for a bargain and they're always looking for the cheapest price and what you've just said is absolutely right people are not looking for the, the cheapest thing they're looking for the best thing that they can afford at whatever budget they have at that point so if they've got a thousand pounds to spend that's what they're looking to spend. They're not thinking, mm. oh, there's someone who only charges 50 quid. I'll have them. 
they want yeah. the best person for that budget. So yeah, yeah. I think we, I, you know, I can picture it now, and I've been there. I've totally been there where you sit down and you put together your price for your client, and every price should be bespoke. Remember, we are not here for mm. packages, gold, silver, platinum, all of that jazz. You just need one bespoke price for your client. And I've been there where I've got I've figured it out and thinking, right, this client, you know, I need to charge. £1,500, whatever it is. And then I go, mm, but you know what? Maybe I should, that does sound a lot. Or maybe I should knock it mm. down. Or, and what happens? And before you know it, I've talked myself out of it. And mm. you've only got to go and talk to somebody else in a completely different industry. And you might say, oh, I'm thinking of charging £1,500. And they'd go, oh my God, why are you so cheap? Yeah. You know, but we don't, because we're not exposed to that because often we're sat in isolation on our own we start to talk ourselves down not everybody does that and that's fine but but it's like we're kind of making a judgment of somebody as to whether or not they can afford it and whether they're going to think it's expensive and we're not mind readers we can't see inside their brains we don't actually know what they're going to think like my husband is a carpenter right and he's just done a load of work for somebody and he said to them I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. So I'm sure it'd be fine for me to say this. But he said to her that this job is going to cost between four and five thousand pounds, right? Now he's coming to do his invoice to actually get the final payment. He's like, oh my God, it's cost five thousand pounds. And he's really worried. But he's told her that already. And he's worrying about it, thinking that she can't afford it. But we know she can afford it because she's already agreed to that price. So it's like, why do we second guess these things and think that mm. people can't afford things when we actually don't know? And the worst thing is to send a proposal in with your price and they say straight away, oh, yeah, bargain. Yeah. So where do I sign? Like, yeah. you gut- it's gutting because you yeah. think, fuck, I could have mm. put like another bloody grand on that or what yeah. more. And I think if you, if you are finding that all of your clients are, uh, like when you're sending those proposals, they're coming to you with a really quick yes, you are too cheap. Yeah. Because it yeah. should be it should be an easy yes in that how you've positioned that price and your you know your proposal has given all the context they meet need to make that decision, but it shouldn't be an easy yes just based on the price. No, and the the crux of the matter is when it comes to pricing, this is the fastest way for your business to fail. Mm. If you do not get your pricing right and you end up going off your gut feeling. That is not the way to price. You need mm. to be really clear on what you need to earn to make your business a profitable business. We are not charities. We're not just here for fun. We're not just here for a little bit of a giggle and just to pass the time. You're a business. You're here to make money. Like how much money is entirely up to you. And I'm a big believer in there is no magic amount. If you just want to make 500 quid a month, then that is fine by me. But that £500 a month has got to cover your bills. It's got to cover everything, all your expenses, your schedulers, your tools. You've got to be able to afford to pay yourself. If you can't do that because you're not pricing correctly, then your business is not a profitable business. Your business Mm. will fail. And and it's okay to have shit years. It's okay to have years where you don't really make much money. That is life. But you you should be motivated to make as much money as you possibly can within the remits of how you want to run your business. But it boils down to pricing. So you've got to know your numbers. You, 
don't just stick a pin in it. Don't worry about what everybody else is charging because what everybody else is charging doesn't have your business expenses. They don't know your personal situation. They don't know how much money you want to pay yourself at the end of the month. They don't know what your mortgage is. They don't know any of that. So don't compare yourself when you don't know the inner workings of all of these other people's spreadsheets. You just need to focus on your own business expenses and your personal needs in terms of what you want to be able to pay yourself. And once you've nailed those numbers, your pricing will never be wrong because you're pricing based on what you need. Yeah, and on that, if if it's like a mindset issue and you're thinking, yeah, but, you know, I see people who are charging two and a half grand, five grand, I could never charge that. Why not? Why could you never charge that? Why can they do that, but you can't? And people have this kind of icky feeling about money, don't they? And I don't know why we have this weird thing that money is like kind of gives us this weird feeling Because if you think about it logically, yeah, it's literally just you're giving them something and in return, they're giving you something back. And the something that they're giving you back happens to be money. They could pay you in apples. Would you feel weird then? Probably not. But you can't pay your mortgage with apples. So, but it's not, there's no emotion in money. It's just like chocolates. Chocolates, Chocolate, I'd rather be paid in that. Yeah. 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 But you know what I'm saying? It's just a value exchange of you're giving something and they're giving you something back. So let's not let's just try and own the fact that we should be paid. We should be confident in what we're charging because yeah, we're com- given a really good job. And confidence in your ability to do a good job, mm, you know? Yeah. And this this is exactly why our new social media manager's toolkit has got everything in it that a social media manager needs. It needs everything, it's got everything from pricing and the spreadsheets that you need to be able to make sure that you're pricing your business successfully it's got everything you need to make sure that you're getting awesome results organically and it's got everything you need if you want to do be a paid ads manager as well so everything is in this social media managers toolkit so you can be really really confident and therefore when you feel confident when you feel like you're getting the results when you're making a difference when businesses are queuing up to work with you then you realize that you really can charge that premium Mm. it's just about having the confidence to do that and knowing your numbers yeah, and that's what we mean by let's not keep playing small. Like, yeah. let's play a bit bigger in 2024. Have a bit more confidence in yourself. And that confidence to charge better prices is where it's kind of going to start. Mm-hmm. Okay, so pricing, obviously, big one. What's the next one? So, the second thing is to stop working with anyone who just dares to look at you it's a bit like if you were on the dating scene and a boy or or girl whichever way you want to go walks past you and looks at you you wouldn't just snog them would you just because they walked past (laughs) you and looked at you it's no judgment here by the way if you do (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the same as a client or or a business. If they look at you, you're not going to suddenly snog them, are you? And <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever snogged one of your clients? I would hope not. <laughs> no, definitely not my clients. So it's the same principle, isn't it? Just because somebody looks at you and shows you attention, maybe gives you some Flattish engagement. Your eye, eyelashes at you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gives you some attention on social, <laughs> likes a few of your posts, maybe drops into your DMs. It doesn't mean you've got to work with them. We just need to be a bit picky about who we work with. Yeah, We've 100%. got to make sure that their businesses are good businesses to work for. So whether that be, you know, you want might want to do a, 
finance check on them to check that they are people who pay their bills or mm. maybe they just don't have the setup you know they've got they've not got a website yet or you know they've not got their own business kind of systems and processes sorted or you know so they're just not ready to outsource you know there may be other things that you can do to support those kind of businesses who aren't quite ready for you yet but just don't work with everybody just because they give you attention. Like I get it, like when you want an, or you need a new client and you're desperate to kind of increase that kind of portfolio of business that you have, I understand that desire to say yes is strong. I totally get that. But some often you just regret it. Often you're like, mm. oh my God, why, have I, why am I working with this client? They've got no content. They're moaning at me because they're not getting any sales, but then their website is really rubbish and they're not prepared to listen. They think that social media is this magic bullet. It's all of this stuff that often, I bet if you're honest, you had that kind of red flag gut feeling right at the start. So just make sure you're really clear on and have that kind of due diligence of how do I check that this person is actually ready for me to work with them as a social media manager or ads manager. And if not, how else can I support them on some of your other offers? But yeah, just don't get into bed with everybody. Yeah, I think as well, when you do that and you take on these clients because you need to pay your bills and like we all get it, you know, sometimes you will need to do that. But every single time you're saying yes to someone who isn't the right person, you're saying no to somebody who is the right person because you do not have time to work with everybody. And when you're working with clients and your attention is on them, it can't be on all of the other things you need to do to bring in the right people. You know, if you're dating someone who's really, really rubbish, you're not out there looking for somebody who's really, really great at the same time, are you? No. Sticking with Laura's little theme. Um, <laughs> so just think about that as well. Like, you know, if I say yes to this client, what does that actually mean in terms of what I'm saying no to? Um, because the, the, the things that will help you potentially move through next year and come out the other end with much better results and really happy and really celebratory probably are not going to be when you've worked with those smaller kind of blood sucking thirsty clients who just want you know to god i'm making them sound like vampires now but you know those sorts of you don't want to work with those kind of clients right i've got one i would love people in 2024 to be really careful about who they're taking advice from when it comes to working as a freelancer in the social media space because oh yes uh, we need to kind of <laughs> Well, not we, because we don't do this, but people in general need to think about who they're listening to and stop taking advice from people who have never been freelancers. Uh, some people never even hired a freelancer and they've definitely never worked in social media with clients. It's very different doing your own social media than it is working for another business and doing their social media. The two are not comparable at all. And so when you are taking advice um, and getting support from like business coaches, trainers, whatever, who have not got that experience and they are just basing it solely on what they know, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you move forwards to the place that you want to be this time next year. Yeah, we see this quite a lot, don't we? We'll be on like our sounding board calls, which are part of the Inner Hub membership. And we have people saying, oh, well, I saw blah, blah say this. And it's like blah, blah, who's a coach from you know, the business industry 
has never they don't even know clearly they don't even understand social media or and they're saying in, they're saying that in my proposal I should be putting this and it's like well there's there's like no logical reason mm, like, yeah. like nothing like they can just tell that they are very broad in the type of p- businesses they work with and certainly their the, their business background doesn't kind of transfer into freelance social media management and ads management and the kind of the same the two are probably very similar in terms of the two offers but so I, I think it's really important to just think does this person know anything about my industry because that's and that's something that I used to find when I was a freelancer very few people and there's but some business coaches charge an absolute arm and a bloody leg Mm. and they may work for some businesses absolutely may like be life-changing but they've got to really understand that business and it's something that I certainly discovered fairly quickly that if they don't understand the freelance world the social media world then very little of what they're going to say is actually going to work um so I learned that very quickly but unfortunately we still see lots of people now you know, spending high sums of money. And we've had people in our DMs, they get really upset because they've spent all this money and then they're getting this really bad advice and they're not, they don't know how to get out of it and they're in a bit of a pickle. And and obviously we'll try and help people as much as possible, but it's just a bit soul-destroying that this is what's happening. Yeah, I agree. It's very different if you're a business coach or any any other sort of industry where you're supporting people, it's very different supporting somebody who's like a bookkeeper or who's, I don't know, like a copywriter compared to somebody who's a social media manager because those sorts of people, it's not constant work where they're dealing with all sorts of different aspects of the job. Like social media managers do so many different things. Mm. Copywriters, copyright. Social media managers, copyright. They do ads, they do content creation, they film reels, they deal with customer services, they deal with complaints, they do crisis management, they deal with influence. Like I could go <laughs> on and on and on and on and on with beer a long time. But it's very, very different, isn't it? And they, I don't yeah. think there's very many people who understand that. No, and I think some top level advice might be relevant mm. to lots of different industries. But actually, when you get into the detail of social media management and ads management, it's a whole different kettle of fish. And if if people don't recognise that, then you definitely shouldn't be taking advice from them. Yeah. So just be careful about who you're taking advice from in 2024. Okay, Laura Davis, next one. So the fourth one is make sure you have variety in your income. Like don't just rely on one source of income. Like we do kind of go on about this. <laughs> a bit and it's for a reason you know you've only got to look back over over the last few years and you see how much people's businesses can change literally overnight and the businesses that are set up to have a variety of different income streams means that they have a bit more flexibility so if one of those income streams disappears overnight i.e you had two clients paying you you know two grand in total a month, if they both get rid of you in the same week and you have no other ways to make money, hire a new social media client doesn't happen overnight. So, like if you're lucky, it might, but it's unlikely to. So you need to make sure that you have other sources of income that you're not necessarily pushing all the time. But for example, if Laura, if you lost a client, I know you don't, 
like have like bucket loads of clients now. But back in the day, if you'd have lost a client or suddenly lost a big chunk of your income, the following day, if I know you well enough, you would have been out there promoting a masterclass or you you quickly because you have those systems and processes and you knew what you were doing, you understood the offer, you understood your audience, you would go straight out there and you would be able to sell something that would be able to make you some money to fill that gap until you got a replacement client. Yeah. Well, actually, if I had lost a client, it wouldn't have had any impact because I would already have been doing that. Well, no, I know. But my, <laughs> my point being that some people, you don't have to be doing all the things. You don't have to be having a full complement of clients running masterclasses every single week, like running 10 million power hours. Like you don't have to be doing that. But the point is you need to have flexibility in your business and flexibility in those income streams that when necessary, you are able to lean more on one than another. So, Mm. you know, it may be July and your income's down, but you don't want to be taking on a new client because you really want to enjoy the first, you know, the six, seven week school holidays. So you don't want to take on a client in that period because let's face it, when you first start working with a client, it's pretty full on. So you think, well, how am I going to get more money in my bank? Because I need it to pay for the extortionate things that summer holidays cost us. So, you'd be able to go, okay, well, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to do a masterclass or I'm going to sell 10 power hours to get me through the summer on those child-free days that you might have. Whatever those things are, you need to know now what it is that you you want to offer within your business. What do your audience need specifically? Because obviously everyone's audiences are going to be different. How are you going to run them? What, what do you need? Do you need tech? You know, it's all these things. Don't think about that then. Think about yeah. that now and plan your business so you have flexibility and you it just removes any risk then. It it means that you've hopefully always got some money or able to quickly make money within your business should you need it. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. Definitely. Okay, Laura, let's do one more. One more thing that's going to help make a big impact then in 2024. Own it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like what are we not- actually owning? <laughs> this is, I can imagine like the Nike tick. What's that? Do it. Just do it. Just, <laughs> just do it. it. Get that on just, the graphic. <laughs> just, just take confidence in, in what you do for who you do it for. So whatever your niche may be, go all in on that. Like become known in that niche for for you like you want people by the end of 2024 you want people to be saying oh I know who you need to speak to you need Mm. to go and speak to blah blah because she's the expert at Instagram reels or he's the expert within the hospitality you know trade what like whatever your niches are you want to become known in in your circles for your niche and but you're never going to be known for it if you don't have your own confidence in yourself to be it and I know niching seems to scare a lot of people and you know this we could do a whole podcast on niching and it's not for now but just think who do I want to be known for why do I want people to come to me Mm. and tell the world that like put that on a graphic and you know just own it and and stop kind of trying to be a kind of jack of all trades, master of none. You know, nowadays, and back when I started, you could be a social media manager. That was mm. it. 
you could be yeah. expected to work on all platforms. And because the platforms are very... Write blogs, tweak some websites, <laughs> do all that stuff as well, yeah. yeah? But it's... But social media back in the day, and it makes me sound really old, was, was very basic. White. You know, Facebook was just Facebook. There was no Facebook groups even when I mm. started out. Instagram was just about there, but it was just where everyone put that really dark filter on. And Oh, yeah, and pictures of their avocado on toast. Yeah, yeah, and everyone had a white border. You know, <laughs> it was all of that kind of jazz, and it wasn't really used for business. LinkedIn was just where people just used to brag about their new job if that, to be honest. Mm. Twitter with everyone having Twitter chats, that was it. Like it was yeah. all, TikTok didn't exist. Snapchat kind of just about existed, but not really for business. And it was just all very, very simple. Mm. But now the platforms are huge. They are, you know, like if you look at just Instagram alone or Facebook, you know, the functionalities, the stories, the reels, the groups on Facebook, the broadcast channels, the like just the normal posts, the fact that you can do videos, carousels, single image, like the highlight, like it's it's a lot. I can and see I smoke think... coming out your ears just thinking about it. <laughs> I think we just need to accept that we can't all be everything in the social media world anymore. So don't try to be because what will happen is you just won't become known as an expert in anything. Yeah. You just need to own it and own yeah. what it is that you really are good at. And you re if there's one platform you kind of gravitate to more than another, the chances are that's the platform you just need to position yourself on. Stop trying to be all to everybody because nobody wants all to everybody. Like all like my clients, for example, they know that I can't, I won't because I, that's not my job. I won't do anything to do with the website. You know, they know that YouTube isn't my thing. So they, if they need YouTube help, they know to go somewhere else. They know that I'm not a videographer. So they know they hire another videographer. They know that I'm not an email marketer. So they hire an email marketing company. You know, they know my limitations. They know the platforms I'm comfortable on. They know I won't touch Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. They know that and they know, they understand that it's because how, how one platform works is very different to another and they respect the fact that I know what I know. And I think that needs to be across the board. So you just need to own what you know and not worry about what you don't know. Yeah, and I think coming at it from the other angle, like if we were going to hire somebody, for example, to look after mm -hmm. our socials, we would not hire a social media manager. We would no. hire... Somebody who is an Instagram expert, probably, you know, somebody maybe even who could create us videos for reels as well. Might not even be the same person. We might hire a ghostwriter for LinkedIn. Yeah. We might hire somebody who could manage our Facebook group, but they would all be different people. We yeah. wouldn't ever hire one person thinking that they could do all of those things. And because of that, we would be very specific in who we were looking for. So when we were like opening up whatever platform is to go and find somebody, if it said on their bio, social media manager, we'd be like, no, they're not right. If it said on their bio, Instagram manager, okay, maybe they are right. Let's go and look a bit further. And so, yeah, I think you have to own it. You have to just stop dilly-dallying. Let's just yeah. JFDI this and yeah. just take some action. And it doesn't have to be set in stone forever. You can change your mind. You are allowed. It is your business. You know, if you fired any platform off to me, I could immediately tell you who I think 
you know, somebody could potentially go and hire for that platform because they've positioned themselves as an expert. Now, I wouldn't know if they're very good because I haven't worked with them personally, but I would be able to point them in that that direction. And even just recently, like somebody came to our um, Inner Hub call recently, Shelley, she's one of our Inner Hub members, and we were talking about niching with her. And she's niched just to focus on repurposing. Like that's a mm. niche in itself. Yeah. There's so many different things. And you become known because of that. It's worth saying it's a niche that we have spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's a good one. Yeah, so let's JFDI this. Let's yeah. stop dilly-dallying, stop fanning about, as Laura would say. And let's just go into 2024, confident in how we're going to price, confident that we know our staff or we know where to go to learn what we need to learn. Social media managers talk here, by the way. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And, you know, we're going to own our space. We are going to stop taking advice from people who don't know what they're talking about because they've not done what you want to do. And let's just do this. I'm very excited about 2024, I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, 100% me too. Yeah, you really sound it. (laughs) Sorry, I just feel like I've been a bit ranty. So I was just letting you be be the uh, opposite and be really positive. I'll just sit here with my ranty head on. (laughs) Your ranty face. Oh, hey. (laughs) Oh dear. If anyone wants my resting face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next week. But don't forget, we will be in our Facebook group, the Social Media Managers Hub. Come and ask us any questions. Come and have a bit of a rant at Laura if you want to. I'm sure she would love that. Go and yeah, we'll it. be back next Tuesday with some more tips and advice to help you to crack on and build an amazing business. We'll see you then. Toodle pip. Ah, that's what I was going to say. Au revoir.